In this episode, I want to share with you a word from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is considered one of the greatest speeches ever given. Christians and non-Christians alike are regularly quoting and referring to the Sermon on the Mount probably more than any other speech that has been given in history. And now this speech is recorded in the Bible, in the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 to 7. But in this audacious and wonderful sermon, I want to draw your attention, though, to one section where Jesus spells out three crucial yet wonderful truths about God. Now, in times of prosperity and when life feels as though we're kicking eight goals and a quarter against Collingwood, you know, we, we, we tend to forget God. And underlying is this assumption, well, we don't need God. But when we're struck by unemployment or sickness or a death in the family, many of us begin to ask, where is God? Now that the coronavirus has made an impact on every single Australian, uh, socially and relationally, when it comes to work, uh, economics, mental health, physical health and well-being, uh, it's not unprecedented historically, but it is unprecedented for most of us here living in Australia today. So what are we to make of God and life at the moment? Well, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about a life scenario where people are in need, in trouble, and we're weighing up what we want out of life. And Jesus offers in the midst of this three comments about God. One, God is in control. Two, God cares. And three, God considers priorities. So let me read uh, this section for us. And as I read, listen along to Jesus' words and see how he speaks to these three points. God is in control, God cares, and God asks us to consider priorities. So Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here tomorrow and tomorrow, today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry about saying, you know, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Now, there is a lot in here that we can unpack and, and, and should carefully uh, consider. But I want us to note now that all of life matters to God. All of life is important to God. God is not disinterested in the details of our lives. God is not disinterested in ordinary people. Now, Jesus says God notes the sparrow and the flower. He sees them and, and he cares for them. And Jesus says, how much more valuable are you to God? Jesus also talks about pagans who run after these things. These things are talking about the mere material needs in this world. Pagan is usually an insult. It refers to people who are backward, who are babblers, who are uncultured. Uh, Queenslanders, maybe. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, Jesus is using the word to describe people, though, whose life priorities are shaped by the worship of gods who are not this God. The God who made the universe and who sustains it, who is in control over the world. The God of the Bible, who is powerful and personal just and merciful, loving and righteous. I guess a modern equivalent to the pagan here, it's less to do with someone being cultured or not, but rather it's someone who is totally absorbed with a naturalist worldview. For example, uh, a hedonist. You know, kind of like inner city Melbourne or Sydney. You know, we look at the life and, well, this is all there is. Let's accumulate stuff now. Let's maximize life and pleasure now because tomorrow we're going to die and that's it. Jesus says, no, don't follow life like them. He says, life in the present matters. It is important and valuable. And God says that and understands that. And he provides for us today. The universe isn't, though, continually to um, you know, supply its own steam and running under its own steam. No, food and clothes are important. And, but Jesus says, though, God who cares for our everyday needs also sees the bigger picture. And he wants us to live for the bigger picture. The bigger picture is this. Jesus describes it this way. He says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So going back to the, the football analogy, you know, it's a bit like believing that the, the footy training session is all there is. All right, the end point is to train for footy. But Jesus is saying, hang on, there's a game coming up. There's something bigger that is going on and which we're, we're working toward. The training today is pointing toward that game. It's preparing us for the match. We live today in light of God's kingdom and for God's kingdom. And now God's kingdom refers to God who's going to rule over a new world, a new creation with his people for all eternity. It's about God restoring all things for us. And so the creation is going to be put into order. It's going to conform to his purposes so there will be no more sin, no more evil, no more selfishness, no more harm or disease or death. God's kingdom is going to be this reality forever. And it's Jesus who announces the kingdom. And it is Jesus who would go to die on a cross so that we might be forgiven of our sin. It is Jesus who would be raised from the dead so that we might have new life and be welcomed into this kingdom. And so Jesus is saying in the midst of what do I wear, what do I eat, I'm concerned with his everyday needs. He says, yep, these things are important and God sees them and they are important to God too. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
Life today is not just for the training, but it's in light of the game ahead. And even when Jesus says God's righteousness, he's indicating that character matters now. Living in a way that pleases God matters even today. Life is more than eating and drinking, but it is living in a way that reflects Jesus. And so his love and his kindness and and generosity and integrity. These things, in fact, will make life better now. Whether we are healthy or sick, whether we have job security or not. And then as Jesus adds, God knows your needs. Trust him today. And we can trust him for tomorrow.